Bibles this morning to Mark chapter number 14. Mark chapter 14. And we're going to dive right into the message today. Mark chapter 14. Towards the end of the message today, I'm going to actually have you come and get the elements today. I'm not going to carry that table around for you to pick up the, the juice there today. And uh, we'll do that towards the end today. The Lord's Supper. The disciples asked the Lord, as we looked at last week, where were they going to meet for Passover? We're going to look at that today. We're going to look at several things. If you have your Bibles there, we look this morning down at verse 22. It says, And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and brake it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine, until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Father, we need your help this morning. What a precious passage of Scripture we come to today. Just a few hours after this time, Jesus is going to be arrested. And our eternal destiny will forever be changed because of what Jesus was willing to do and the cup that he was willing to drink of. I pray this morning that you would guide our thoughts, guide our direction. And may when it's all said and done this morning, may we appreciate even more what we as believers get to partake in and be a part of till the day that you come. Guide our thoughts. Help us today. We love you, and we thank you for your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we dive in this morning and we talk about the Lord's Supper in just a little bit, there are two thoughts I want to give you this morning as we dive in to help you. And I've said these over and over again, but I want to make sure you understand it when it comes to the Lord's Supper. Number one, the bread and the cup serve as memorials of the Lord's death. They don't mystically become the body and the blood of Jesus. None of them thought that day, and we're going to see in a few minutes, this was not a normal thing to be said at a Passover meal. This kind of, I'm sure the disciples were not quite sure what to think, but they had Jesus right there before them. He had not shed his blood, yet Jesus was physically there. The bread, the cup, serve as the memorial of what Jesus did for us. And I want you to understand something today. It's a picture. That's what the Lord's Supper is. There are many religions and, and different people out there that think that when you partake of the Lord's Supper, that the bread, when you eat it, it becomes the body of Jesus in you. That's found nowhere in the Bible. That the wine or the juice turns into the blood of Jesus. That's not found anywhere. When you do it, Jesus said, the reason you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. It's a picture. It's a thing to remember 
Jesus by and what he did. To remember the body that was broken for us. To remember the blood that washed away our sins. And you got to remember this too, number two as well. We are remembering his death, not repeating the sacrifice. Our sacrifice died once for all. We don't come together and he is re-sacrificed every time we partake of this and the Eucharist and all that. I can get into a lot of things this morning, but I'm not going to go down that road. But I think you understand what I'm saying here. We're remembering his death. You notice there are some so-called churches that have a cross with Jesus hanging on the cross. He's not still hanging on a cross today. He's in heaven with the Lord. And you know, some people say, well, the cross is, yeah, the cross is empty. It's because he died once for all. He's not suffering again. He died once for all, the scripture tells us. So as we look at the message today, and as we partake of the elements at the end of the message today, we need to understand the fact the bread and the cup serve as memorials of the Lord's death. They don't mystically become the body and the blood of Jesus. And we're remembering his death, not repeating the sacrifice. The Passover was a time that the Jews remembered what the Lord had done for them in getting them out of Egypt. We can think back to the oppression. And we know it started out pretty well in Egypt, right? I, you got Jacob goes down after Joseph's been there so long, and the family's taken care of, provided for. And the Bible tells us in the beginning of Exodus that there rose up a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And it just took a few generations for those people not to remember the guy that saved them, that did a lot for them. Just a little thought for America. We say we are founded upon godly principles on, on God, right? It only takes a few generations to forget those things. It took Pharaoh and the Egyptians not long to forget Joseph and Joseph's God that saved them. That's what happens with people and the moral decline. And the more they think of themselves, the less they think of God. And the more you think of self and the less you think of God, the more Romans 1 starts playing out in, right in front of you, which is where we are as a society today. That's why you have yesterday all over the country pro-abortion protests. That's sick and sad. But on the other hand, I look at those people, they're blind. They are. They have been deceived by the master deceiver. And at first, I was getting really mad at those people. But where would I be if not, we're not for the grace of God? And what could God do in their lives? God could change their heart. Man, I stopped getting mad yesterday. I just got on my knees and I prayed for them. I think that's a much better thing to do. Getting mad doesn't solve anything. They're blind. And they got a great deceiver deceiving them. And the only thing that can break through the spiritual blindness of those in this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pharaoh didn't know Joseph, and there was a problem. These Israelites were multiplying, and they were greater, and num they were growing great. And Pharaoh felt that they were going to take over. So what does Pharaoh do? He puts them into slavery. They become slaves to Pharaoh. And they're hard on their slaves. 
And God's people are crying out for God to save them. And God raises up a man in Moses to deliver his people. And Moses goes before Pharaoh. Says, let, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart and wouldn't let them go. And God sent plagues on Egypt. The ten plagues. The last plague we know was the death of the firstborn in Egypt. And the children of Israel were told by Moses from God that they needed to sacrifice a lamb and take the blood and put it across the top of the doorpost and down the sides. And when they would do that, the death angel would pass over their house. And what God did for the children of Israel was, remember last week I talked about the fact we tend to forget. The children of Israel would tend to forget often. So God set up the Passover that time for them to remember what God did to get them out of Egypt. The Passover served as a foreshadowing for Jesus Christ. Because someday everyone who has the blood of Jesus Christ will pass from death to life. He is the true Passover lamb. And so Jesus is just hours away from going to the cross. And it's very, isn't it just like the Lord? Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross at Passover. Right at this time. Right when they are going through their rituals, the Lamb of God is getting ready to be sacrificed once for all so we could all be passed over from death to life, all of those who would come to Jesus Christ. This morning, the message, I want to give you some thoughts as we go here. But the meal is set. We saw and we looked at last week, I believe it was um, Peter and John went and they got that upper room secure and they prepared for this meal that was about to take place. Let's dive into our notes. We don't have many notes this morning, but as the Lord instituted this, I want to look at several things, but two points this morning. Point number one is we see, first of all, a picture. There are times when words just aren't enough. How many times didn't Jesus several times try to explain to the disciples the fact that he was going to die and that he would rise again? Haven't we read that over and over again? They still didn't get it. And so there are some times where you can say something, you can repeat something over and over, and you might not get it still, and then maybe a picture or something will help describe it. We're here at the Passover feast, and Jesus combined words and symbols to communicate to the disciples what is about to take place. As the meal progressed, and what would happen is, as the meal would progress, the head of the family, in this case, Jesus with his disciples, would explain what each portion or what each part of the meal represented. Now, we could go through, and we're going to go through here quickly this morning, but there were bitter herbs that were there, that were placed there. 
They were to remind the Israelites of their bondage as slaves in Egypt. They were reminded of that fact. This is where we were as a people under Pharaoh. The bitter herbs that they would eat would remind them of that. You had wine or the juice. It represented God's fellowship with the believer in the midst of the trial. You had stewed fruit. And this stewed fruit, the consistency of it was really like clay and the color of clay. You say, well, why did they have stewed fruit at the Passover meal? What did they make as slaves in Egypt? Brick, right? So the stewed fruit reminded them of what they made in Egypt. The unleavened bread represented a, le a separation from evil and that they were left in a hurry. You didn't have time for your yeast and things to make your bread rise, so the unleavened bread could be made quick, which showed, and it also showed when you take yeast out of something, yeast in the Bible pictures sin. So what this showed them was there was a separation from, the war, from Egypt, and they left in haste. We also see that they roasted a lamb, and that represented redemption. And as each part of the meal was eaten, the head of the table, and in this case, this night, it would have been Jesus, Jesus would explain to them what everything represented as they partook of the Passover meal. As we look at this, we see that Jesus goes in a different direction than what the Passover meal prescribes. We see letter A, we see the fact, we see the bread, which we mentioned a minute ago, the unleavened bread represented leaving Egypt quickly and those things. What does Jesus say about the bread? That the bread represents his body. We look at Mark 14 and we look at verse 22, and as they did eat, so as they're going through this Passover meal, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. This is a completely different statement than what would have been said normally at the Passover meal. When it came time that day, Jesus picked up the bread. I left a piece from last night whole. Probably looks something similar to this right here. This is, this is bread, okay? It's got four ingredients. So I don't know if anybody's allergic to any of these things. There's flour, olive oil, salt, and water. That's all it's made out of. You can make the dough in a mere 30 seconds. You can make it quick. It bakes a lot longer than it takes to make it. Jesus took the bread... And normally it says here, you see what it says here, it says the fact that as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it. You could look at Jewish customs and look at Passover, and he probably would have said something to this nature. Praised be thou, O Lord, sovereign of the world, who causes bread to come forth from the earth. That's the traditional Jewish statement that was made. 
But on this day, as they did eat, he took the bread and blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to them. And what did he say? Hey, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Well, as we look at this, we think about the fact, what city did Jesus come from? Where was he born? Bethlehem. The house of bread. The bread of life came so that we could have life. The Bible tells us in Luke 22, verse 19, And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 and 24, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus took the bread that night and he broke off a piece of it representing what would happen to his body. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 4 through 6, Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. What Jesus wanted them to realize was that his body being broken, he is the bread of life. You come to the Lord and you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again. People had a hard time with this saying. The Bible tells us in John 6, verse 53 through 58, Jesus said these words, Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath everlasting life. And I'll raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by my Father, so he that eateth me, even he that liveth by me, that is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. A few verses later, it says that many that day turned back and didn't follow him. Because this was too hard for them to understand. You see, his body had to be broken for us. And Jesus, that day, we see the fact that he, his body was broken. He says, hey, take eat. This pictures my body being broken for you. See, one this morning we see a picture. That picture we see, first of all, 
the Lord's body, the bread. We see letter B, we see the wine or the cup, which represents his blood. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, verse 23, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. What take place during a usual Passover meal, there would be four cups of wine, four cups of juice at the table that would be passed around and drank of. Say, why four cups? It comes from Exodus chapter number six. Do we have those verses on the screen, or do we just need to take our Bibles there? Exodus chapter six there, verse six and seven. Let's take our Bibles there. I want you to see these verses real quick, okay? Exodus chapter number 6. So tradition tells us that the Israelites, and the way that they would do it, they would have four cups of wine at their Passover meal. What, what, what for? Well, look there at verse 6 and 7. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." The four cups that they would have, the first cup, number one, is the cup of sanctification. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Sanctification is a setting apart, is what that means. So the first cup that would be at the Passover meal would be the cup of sanctification. I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Number two is the cup of deliverance. The cup of deliverance. In those verses we just read, it says, I will rid you out of their bondage. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to get you out of their bondage. The third cup was the cup of redemption. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. Think about that one there for a minute. That was great for the children of Israel, right? But I think the same could be said for us. I'll redeem you with a stretched out arm. We'll talk more about this cup in a minute. And the fourth cup would have been the cup of Hallel, praise or acceptance. I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. Many times as you would go through, these cups would be talked about. The cup of sanctification. How God said, I'm, I see your pain. I see what you're under, and I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. Set them apart. The second cup that we mentioned here was the cup, <clears throat> as we looked there, the cup of deliverance. I'm going to bring you out. So how did he bring them out? Through the plagues and those things, and he got them out of there. But by the time you got to the cup of redemption, this is probably, we go back to our text, and it tells us here in Mark chapter 14, it says, And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, 
and they all drank of it. Something like this would have been the prayer of blessing that would have been given. May the all-merciful one make us worthy of the days of the Messiah and of the life of the world to come. He brings salvation of his kings. He shows covenant faithfulness to his anointed, to David and his seed forever. He makes peace in heavenly places. May he secure peace for us and for all Israel. And you say, Amen. That's not all that he said. On that day, Jesus took that cup of redemption. Say, hey guys, this is the blood, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. The cup of redemption. The Old Testament, the law, the New Testament, grace, Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, guys, this is my blood, which is shed for you. This do in remembrance, not of the Passover, but of me. You'll notice something. Jesus said right after that. Look at what he said in our text in verse 25. It says, Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Say, on that day, on that Passover, they didn't drink, Jesus didn't drink the fourth cup. What is the fourth cup? A praise or acceptance. Look at what it says there in, from Exodus. I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. Jesus said, hey, this cup of redemption, this is the New Testament of my blood, this do in remembrance of me. I'm not drinking that last cup till we're all together. That's pretty awesome right there when you stop to think about that. He's not drinking that fourth cup till we're with him forever. Praise God for that. Praise God for his blood that was shed for us. And I want you to understand something. The Bible makes it very clear, the fact that Jesus would die for us. Last night, I took 15 pounds of grapes, washed them. I didn't go old school and wash my feet and stomp them. Don't anybody worry. I didn't do that, okay? You're welcome. I didn't do that. I put the grapes into a pan and turned the fire on and put water in there with it. And the grapes began to simmer. And as they began to simmer, I took a potato masher. You take that potato masher, you put it into the pan of grapes, and you squash the grapes. Picturing Christ bearing the wrath of God on him for us. It was quite a powerful picture last night as I was doing this. And as the grapes would get hotter, they would just break apart. And all the juice would come out of them. 
and my Savior on the cross, his body was broken. He took on the wrath of God and was smashed and crushed, just like that grape was crushed so that we could have the juice that we have today. The Bible makes that clear. The Bible tells us in Romans 4, verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses and who was raised again for our justification. The Bible tells us, Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, for I delivered unto you first of all, which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath, suffered, suffer, hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. When Jesus was crushed on the cross, his blood was shed for us. When the blood was shed, God was satisfied. And the Bible tells us in Romans 3, verse 25 and 26, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. The Passover meal probably started out like all the others did. But it changed rather quickly when he took the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body. As he explained the cups to them, and God to the cup of redemption said, This is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Things changed that day. Guys, I'm not going to drink that last cup till we all do it together. We see a picture this morning, and then number two and lastly, we see an expectation. Jesus said, I'm not going to drink of this cup again till I do it anew in the kingdom of God. And what was Jesus saying? This is not the end. Hey, my body, it's going to be broken. My body is going to be pressed and squeezed and the blood's going to drip out of it. But I'm not done. I'm going to come again. I'm going to live again. And someday we're all going to be together. And when we're together, we're going to drink that last cup together. And we're going to be together forever. That's what Jesus said. When you think about those words and you think about that. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I, this phrase, it gets me every single, who for the joy What joy was there on a cross that day? As he was nailed to the cross that day, as he was beaten beyond recognition, as his blood was flowing from him, you can't tell me there was any joy at that moment. 
but there was joy. The fact that all of us would someday be with him. We could drink that cup of blessing together and never leave his sight. Who for that joy, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's coming again. Revelation chapter 19 talks about the day of the Lord and it's coming. Revelation 19, you don't have those verses there. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16, take your Bibles there. This week I was on that senior and junior trip, and so my notes, I did the best I could, but I felt bad for Brittany. I have to do anything with them. Half of them were done halfway through the night after driving several hours, so I don't even know if they made sense. Tonight I'm really excited to see what that one looks like, because I don't think it's going to make much sense. In my head it made sense, but that doesn't mean a lot. Revelation 19:11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth go the sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he had in his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming again. When the disciples finished that meal, I don't think they, they didn't understand what took place. Because we see in the future events that take place, they didn't get it. But Jesus said, hey, this bread... When you take it, you do it in remembrance of me, my body being broken for you. Hey, that cup, the cup of redemption, you don't, you don't got to celebrate the Passover anymore. I am the Passover lamb. That old covenant is done away with, and I've ushered in the new covenant. My blood is all you need. When you drink it, you do it in remembrance of me. And you do it till, till I come. And when I come, no more need to take the Lord's Supper. No more need to remember. Because when we're all together with Him, we're going to share in that cup of blessing with Him that He's been waiting all these years to drink of. And He'll be our God. And we as people, He is coming again. Aren't you thankful that he was willing to drink of the cup and to take our place? He knew what was ahead and he still did it. He knew the suffering that was coming. He knew a trap was being set at that time when this was taking place. He knew that he would be arrested. He knew all that would take place. He knew that he would die. And he did it for you and for me. I hope this morning, if you would, Isaiah, text Caroline and tell her I can, she needs to come up here in a second. I hope that maybe you'll not look at the Lord's Supper ever quite the same when you think about 
what took place that day on Passover. The bread was broken. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And after supper, and after that, he took the cup. The Bible says they sung a hymn. Did you ever wonder what they sung? At Passover, the Hallel Psalms, probably Psalm 136 is the psalm that was read and sung when they left. As we close this morning, get ready to partake of the Lord's Supper, I want you to turn to Psalm 136 and see the psalm that they probably sung that day. Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him by the wisdom that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth from the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth endureth forever the sun to rule by day for his mercy endureth forever the moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endureth forever to him that smote egypt in their firstborn for his mercy endureth forever and brought out israel from among them for his mercy endureth forever with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm for his mercy endureth forever to him that divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided, oh, I read that verse, next verse, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his hosts in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto the Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estates, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. I think you see the theme of that there. His mercy endures forever. I'm going to ask you if you would, we're going to do this very quickly and very precisely. I'm going to do one section at a time. There might be someone over there that it would be too hard for you to come grab it this morning, which is fine. Maybe someone in your family can bring that to you. I want you to come grab a cup of juice and grab a piece of bread and just take it back to your seat, and then we'll read through and do that this morning. So we'll have this section here. You come and grab 
um, a cup and then grab a piece of the bread. And just hold it till everyone gets it. this section you can come in the side room. Mark 14, where we were 
passage says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed, and he broke it, and said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's pray and thank the Lord for his body, and then we'll partake. Father.